The following podcast is a Green Fresh Media production. Hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back to Too Smart for This, a podcast dedicated to knowing better and doing better for ourselves and others. I'm your host, Alexis Barber, and today is going to be a solo episode with a Q&A. I have had to put some breaks on the podcast because I had um, really honestly last week we had someone very close to us unexpectedly pass away. Um, I haven't posted that specifically on social media because it's just hard to realize it and say it out loud. Um, But For me, getting back into the swing of things, getting into a routine is really helpful. So that's why I'm back here creating content for you. Um, I originally, I had to reschedule some podcast guests. So I don't know if we'll have a guest next week or not, but I will um, keep you guys updated. Um, Lots of really exciting opportunities are happening for me um, in the coming, in the future and in 2022. So I'm getting really excited about that. But today I wanted to sit down and talk to you a little bit about the holiday season, how I'm feeling, especially after just experiencing that really scary time, um, and answer some of your questions from Instagram. So to start off, it's Thanksgiving. Um, This time last year, I probably did a podcast episode about how Thanksgiving is hard because the holiday season, if you are not someone who's super close with your family or if you have issues with your family or if you've lost family members or friends can be really lonely. Um, That combined with seasonal depression, which is jumping out for a lot of people thanks to the time change this past few weeks, it can be just really sad. And I just want to normalize that because I grew up and my family never had like the tradition, like they didn't have the picture perfect family Thanksgiving or family Christmas. Um, We never went on a family vacation. And that's not to say we don't have our own family traditions that I love. It's just to say that I grew up comparing myself to my um, peers on Instagram or my favorite YouTubers. And I got to see them be with their family in a way that I really just wished that I could have had. And a lot of that was because like we didn't have money. And a lot of it was because we have a lot of family drama. And something I realized as I got older, as I went to college, and now that I've graduated, is that nobody's family is perfect. Nobody has what they consider to be the best family, Thanksgiving or Christmas. Everyone's comparing themselves to people on social media, and what you don't see in people's cute family Christmas pictures or cute family Instagrams is that they probably fought about it. They have their own issues. There could be any myriad of problems ranging throughout that entire family. So there's no point in comparing yourself to other people's picture-perfect moments like I did for so long growing up and was longing for what I thought was a perfect picture, picture-perfect family. So I just wanted to normalize that these times are not easy for everybody. I haven't necessarily like lost a parent, but like I do go back to Thanksgiving and struggle with like seeing the members of my family, like my aunts and uncles who've divorced and how their kids are handling that. Seeing my family members, I have um, a lot of my family members are white and they're Republican and Trump supporters. And that to me feels like a major betrayal and it feels really hard. And going back to be with them and just pretend everything's okay is difficult. And as much as like 
it seems like it's easy to just cut people off because they have different beliefs than you. It's not always actually easy to do that. In fact, it's very difficult to have boundaries with people who you've loved your entire life. So that is just something I wanted to call attention to and remind you that like this Thanksgiving, don't compare yourself to people. Don't get, uh, I think we've been over um, how you need to focus on how you feel and um, one thing that I've done that really has helped me in my family interactions is to build boundaries around how I interact with my family. So for example, when I go home, I never go for more than three days because I know that that's my limit. I know that that's all I can handle. One thing I also do is remind myself that I don't have to fix everything. I always felt like I was since I was out making money or since I had like moved on or because I was the big sister and I knew about college, like I could change people's minds and I could help people with stuff. But the truth is everyone has their own path. You don't know how it's going to turn out good or bad just because it's not your path doesn't mean that you have to intervene and fix it. So you can't control what you can't control. And the last thing is to ask yourself if you do happen to get into a frustrating conversation with a family member, Ask yourself, are you expecting something that they cannot give you? So in an experience with a family member where they may have a different political belief than you, they may have a different financial belief than you, in a conversation with them, ask yourself, what do I want to come out of this conversation? Do you think it's possible to change their minds? Because if it's genuinely impossible to change their minds and it's genuinely impossible for them to take you seriously, do not waste your time on that experience. I remember last year I had a family member. It was obviously last year's Thanksgiving was a shit show because it was like five minutes after the election and people still didn't believe it was real. It was the whole thing. I had a family member try to bait me, try to come up to me and be like, yeah, the election was crazy, huh? And talk about, you know, what had happened. And I realized like this family member, no matter what I said to them, their minds weren't going to change. I couldn't gather my facts. I couldn't show them everything that was going that I had seen happen. Like despite my degree in political science, despite all of that, nothing I said to this person was going to change their minds. So why I I wasn't going to waste my time in that interaction because you know what they wanted out of me? They wanted a reaction. So do not give them that reaction. Go into it protecting your peace. It's not like your Thanksgiving is going to be the best day of your life. So don't expect it to be the best day of your life. Expect it to be a time where you go, you show face, you see your family members, you smile, and you eat some good food, you laugh where you can laugh, but it's not a time where you're going to change anyone or you're going to be able to control an outcome or make people see you differently. People will always see you how they want to see you and they'll understand you if they want to understand you. And if not, it's not. It's no use trying to pull that out of someone. So that's my little Thanksgiving holiday season rant. Um, it gets really hard around this time. It's also my birthday. So it gets really hard for me too because I don't agree with a lot of the things in my family. I don't agree with the way a lot of them live their lives and I can't control that. So Thanksgiving is the one time a year that I go, I show face, I'm nice to people, I move on and that's that. So now I'm going to answer some questions from Instagram. I did a little Q&A a few days ago and I wanted to give you some answers here um, that I commonly get asked. So the first one is, how did you do the move to New York City post-grad? I plan on moving there post-grad. So my experience was a little bit different. I actually had moved to San Francisco post-grad because Google had told me that that's where my office was going to be. So I subletted for a few months. This was obviously during the 
the coronavirus pandemic because my boyfriend had already moved there and I wanted to be near him. So I moved there, um, just subletted because I knew we weren't going back to the office until January. And then I got my office assignment and we were told we weren't going back to the office until the following July. So I actually moved home to St. Louis for a few months, saved a bunch of money. And then in December of 2020, I got a great COVID deal and I moved to New York as because I knew like we were going to get the vaccine. I knew we were going to start um, hopefully going back into the office that July. So I made that move. I would say you definitely need to save way more money than you think you do. If you can um, live alone, I like living alone, but getting a roommate is important too. And definitely use Street Easy to find your apartment. That's the thing everyone in New York uses. Have everything prepared and ready to go. So you need to make 40 times the rent, have proof of income, have proof of your bank statements, make sure everything looks good, and have a guarantor lined up if you need one. Um, There's plenty of things about this that are listed all over the internet. So check those out. But I moved because I had a job here and I don't think you should move here unless you have a job here because it's super difficult to find an apartment without that. The next is... Can you do a little bit of a spiel on your cleaning routine? Okay. Yes, I can. So I clean my apartment, deep clean it once a week on Sundays, usually where I wash all my sheets, I vacuum the couch, I do the fluffing, I switch out the flowers, I clean my shower. And then I also do, a, and that usually takes me about two-ish hours. And then I also do a little cleaning fluff every morning. So every morning for 20 minutes, I like to clean my apartment while I listen to a news podcast like The Daily or NPR Up First, because that just gets me in the mindset of like doing something productive to start my day off. Um, so I typically like will wipe down my sink in my bathroom, wipe everything down, make my bed. If I have a lot of laundry, I'll do it. Um, and then every Wednesday or Thursday, typically my apartment starts to get a little dingy. So I usually run the dishwasher around this time, um, wipe down the kitchen. And a little hack I learned from cleaning TikTok is to keep one of those like dish sponges that has like an arm in it with, um, some cleaning product in your shower. And then once or twice a week while you're in the shower, just wipe it down while you're doing like a hair mask or something with that sponge. And that will help keep your shower clean. And so I do that every once in a while. I do that like twice a week. And then once a week, I do like a deep clean of my shower. That's my little spiel on my cleaning routine. Um, but I, because I have ADHD, it gets hard for me. So I like to do it by room. So I'll like start in the kitchen and I won't let myself leave the kitchen until the kitchen is done. And then I'll go into the bathroom and then I'll go into the main area of my apartment. What did I study in college? I studied political science with a minor in entrepreneurship in college. And then I have so many in here that are just like, no new questions. I just want to say I love your page. I love your content. Thank you so much. And those things really do keep me going because especially over this past week when I had to take time off to mourn my friend, I felt really guilty about not showing up and not making content and not being here. And so the fact that like I could bounce back so easily and like my engagement and my story views and my stuff would still be growing was really, really helpful for me to come back to. So I just want to say thank you to you. Um, I love you guys so much. Things that I don't miss um, and miss about going to Northwestern, advice about making the most of it. 
So one thing I think is very tough in college is that it is a sort of fake environment where you do to a certain extent, have to fit in with what's going on there in order to survive. So for me, I was in a sorority, which like I don't necessarily regret because it did help me, but it was something that I felt like I had to do to survive. I felt like I was doing things to look good to other people and not for myself. And all of my college experience was like that. So whether it was how I dressed, how I wanted to change my body, what job I took after school, how I was going out. Like I was doing a lot of that for external validation. And the cool thing about post-grad is that you don't have to do that. So what I really wish that I did was actually started being more myself and started asking myself what I wanted to do for me when I was actually in college and while I was there. And I wish I would have really thought about how my friends around me made me feel and chose to stay with the friends and chose to support the friends and like that was more confident in my relationships that made me feel good. So I think if you are in college, definitely, no matter if you're at Northwestern or not, do that. But Northwestern specifically, make the most of it. Go to the games, go to the parties, make friends with people. Always say hi to the people you see on the street. Do not act like you're too cool to know somebody just because you are uncomfortable. You're never too cool for somebody and no one's ever too cool for you. So remind yourself the context and be really nice to people. You never know who could help you, who's watching you, who's interested in you. When you're in school, like when my account blew up after college, I had some of the girls who I thought thought I was like annoying or stupid, be the main ones in my DMs being like, oh my God, I love this. So just remember, nobody hates you as much as you think they do. You're not too cool for anything. And Northwestern is a wonderful school full of straight up nerds. Just embrace it. Embrace being young and do everything that you want to do and enjoy Evanston because it is the most beautiful place. Biggest regrets from when I interned, aka NYC intern advice. Okay, New York City interning. Jesus Christ. It was a whole time, honestly, and I loved my intern summer in New York, but I will say sometimes it gets kind of lonely. But either way, I would say be the outgoing one. Be the person who's like, should we go out to drinks tonight? Be the person that's like, I actually am going to this party and invite people. You're not going to love everyone you meet. You're not going to enjoy every weekend or every day in New York City. It's disgustingly hot and sweaty, but you will want to make the most of the people you meet because you are out here in the greatest city in the world and you get to be paid to be here for a summer. So go to those intern events, be outgoing, introduce yourself to people, be nice to them, and hopefully you'll make some of the best friends of your life. In terms of work advice, I would say you definitely want to remember that whatever you're working on, they're putting an intern on. So it's not that serious, but you need to find out who you need to appeal to early on. So figure out like who in this room is doing my performance review at the end? Who gets to decide if I get a return offer or not? And if it's not necessarily some sort of um, like quantitatively based program where it's like you do this X amount of sales and you get the return offer, then remember that it's about building connections. Because when you come back full time, if that's your goal, it's your internship, they're going to remember you. Um, It was my first week back in the office over two years after my internship. And I was like, these people aren't going to remember me. I ran into tons of people and they're like, oh my God, I'm so happy to see you back. I'm so glad you took the return offer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that is really important. Like 
Always show up as the nicest, kindest version of yourself. And remember, I've said this in podcasts before, you don't need to trust everybody. So don't tell the other interns if you are considering taking their return offer or not. Don't tell the people at your job how you feel about the company. Just remember that everyone is still going to be sort of out for themselves. So until you have the bag secured, do not trust people, but be nice to them and always build connections. Okay, last two. What does your day-to-day look like working for Google? So my day-to-day is interesting. So my I am the global shorts content strategist at YouTube, and my main role is half creative, so building like resources like decks and PDFs and stuff like that that has information about how to best use YouTube products. And the other half is strategic, where I help existing YouTubers or future YouTubers or people or certain, you know, product areas within YouTube decide how they're going to move forward with whatever they're working on. So that that sort of looks like um, usually Monday through Friday, like Monday and Friday, I don't have meetings. I try not to have meetings on Mondays and Fridays, but sometimes that obviously gets messed up. But um, I try to use those days to really focus on actually making that creative content. And then on Monday and then on Tuesday through Friday, Thursday. My mornings are pretty free. I don't have meetings in the morning, so I focus on emails and and working on tasks. Then I have meetings usually in the afternoons on those days, and those meetings range from one-on-ones with specific people who manage specific YouTubers to, with, to product meetings where I check in and see how the product is going, to meetings with my manager and my team to get updates about what's going on across the company. Um, and that's sort of how it goes Monday through Friday. So um, I really love my job. I can't complain. I have a great work-life balance. I love my manager. I feel really lucky to have, you know, had like a tough time at YouTube in a different org and also be at a place now where like I can honestly say I enjoy what I do and I'm learning a lot. So happy about that. Last question is, I think you, I saw you have MS. How do you get through the bad days? Um, so I'm really lucky right now to be at a place where my MS doesn't flare up too much, but I will say it gets, it gets really hard. I get really upset when I have big plans for a day and then I have a headache. Like yesterday, for example, um, I was planning on doing a bunch of content. I was planning on cleaning my apartment, doing all this shit. And I had the worst headache and a flare up. And I just got really sad because to do everything I want to do, I can't always do it because... I have a chronic illness. So I get through the hard days by letting myself be upset, letting myself be sad because a a large part of my diagnosis, I actually wasn't being honest with myself. I wasn't realizing that I had a body I needed to take care of. And I also rely on venting to my mom and my boyfriend. I'm like, this sucks. And just sometimes just saying that helps. Then I remind myself that it will always pass. And it always does. I use my treatments that I have. Everyone has different treatments. And then I, once it passes, I just reorganize and get back on with my life, which is hard to do. It's hard to say. Um, but there's no part of a chronic illness that is fun. Like no one wants it. Like there's no part of a chronic illness that's like, yay, like I'm glad I figured this out. Like no, it, when it happens, it's shitty and it sucks and nobody fucking likes it. And that's the truth of the matter. Like there's no part of it that is positive whatsoever. So what you have to do is just realize it's a part of your life, accept it and manage it. And that's the truth, whether it's dealing with a chronic illness, dealing with death, like I've had to this week, like 
there's just no positives to it. So you just have to like accept and manage it. And managing it on a day-to-day basis looks like like allowing yourself to feel your feelings, moving on from that, using the treatment plans that you've been given, and advocating for yourself health-wise. So I hope this really helps everyone. Um, I really love answering your guys' questions. I really love talking to you. And um, I have really big fun things coming next year. So I hope we can have a fun guest soon. But if not, maybe we'll do another solo episode. I love you so much. Don't forget, you are too smart to not love yourself. Thank you so much for listening to Too Smart for This. I really appreciate your support. So please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. It helps me out so much. If you like this, check me out on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Alexis Barber. And don't forget to follow the show at You Are Too Smart for This on Instagram. Have a fabulous day. And don't forget, you are too smart to not love yourself.